You are listening to the Out of Step Podcast on Mountain Bike Radio. Hey, hi, and welcome back to the Out of Step Podcast. It's uh, It's been a while. Who are you? <laughs> I'm Kyle. And I'm John. And we are the Out of Step Podcast. Yes, we are. It's been that long. We don't even remember who we are. That's right. Uh, mainly, I think I'm the one to blame. I've been working 60-hour-plus uh, weeks since about Thanksgiving. I think I've had about three days off since then. Totally all his fault. Nothing have to do with me. You know, nothing with uh, kids or anything like that. Totally his fault. Well, okay. I, I won't take all the blame, but I've been pretty much unavailable, like weekends, weeknights, anything like that. So he's been like caller ID when it says unavailable. But uh, this episode, we're just going to kind of, kind of catch everybody back up to what we're all about and kind of what's going on with uh, some of the music world. Uh, we're going to do things a little bit different. And we actually did some racing towards the end of last season, which we planned on talking about a few months back, <laughs> but, uh, you know, hey, that didn't happen. So we're probably going to do a little bit of recap on that and talk about some of that stuff. And then we'll get back to a little bit of more of the uh, regularly scheduled program. As usual, I'd like to thank Ben for allowing us the opportunity to talk nonsense about music and bikes. You know, it's what we love and, and it's always awesome to have an opportunity to uh, share that with you folks out there. Yeah. And he's, uh, you know, always, always uh, gracious at putting up with our uh, timeliness issues. <laughs> I don't he, feel tardy. Yeah. He, uh, he gets it. So that's, that's good. So yeah, like, it's all about being a dad and having jobs and stuff like that. Yes, exactly. So I guess without further ado, we will uh, kick this sucker off. All right, on to the news. Um, not a whole lot to report on this go round. Uh, like this is usually the slow time of year for touring bands and for uh, you know just music in general. There's a lot of recording going on, but not a whole lot of uh, not a whole lot of news generally. Yeah, not much in the way of releases. You know, it's a quiet period, and you know the holidays tend to be when a lot of the releases come out. So. Limited news. Kyle, why don't you take the lead? Yeah. Uh, first things first, uh, Gavin Van Lack and uh, Chaka Malik from Burn and Absolution fame uh, have both been in the studio working on new material for both those bands. Uh, the Burn tracks uh, will be on a new EP, which I'm guessing is coming out in Revelation, but there hasn't been a, a total uh, firm thing up about that yet. But yeah, no official word that I've seen either. Yeah, that that would be my guess. Um, it's two tracks that have been playing live for a while and then one brand new one, but the stuff that i've heard in studio uh like just they've played some of the bass riffs and stuff it's it's typical burn it sounds pretty awesome the absolution stuff they haven't really said what's going to happen with it i would assume it's going to be another single uh, or a seven inch ep probably um and possibly coming out on lush life which is the label that did the re-release of their first seven inch just a couple years ago so yeah furthermore there's really been no word on who else is in the band um so i don't know if uh, alan cage is back on drums for the the burn material or for both both bands 
Um, you know, that'll have to be seen. Uh, but the, the core of the writing, uh, duo for the, both those bands are Chaka and, um, Gavin. So it, it, it's supposed to be really good stuff. Yeah. I believe it's the, the original bass player as well, but I couldn't swear to it. I'd have to double check that. But, but yeah, I don't know any more about the drummer situation than you, than you. So yeah. And don't expect to see them, um, touring much in the U S probably hitting the bigger festivals, but they'll pretty much exclusively tour in, uh, in Europe because that's where the money's made. Uh, indeed. And much to my chagrin. Yeah. Also, um, in the studio again, um, one of my all time favorite bands, Dag Nasty with, uh, Sean Brown actually have, uh, recorded some new tracks and, you know, not sure where that's going to be, whether it's going to be on Revelation as the minority of one stuff with Dave Smalley was, if it's going to be on Discord because they did record at, uh, Interior Studios. Yeah. And, um, and Red Hair just came out on Discord a couple of years back. That, so. that too. So, you know, all of those guys have a long-term relationship with the DC area and Discord. So be interesting to see where that comes out. Another band that's gotten back together and doing some shows is at the drive-in and, uh, they've got, uh, some, uh, festival dates in 2016, including the shaky knees fest in Atlanta, Georgia, rock on the range in Columbus, Ohio, and look for some larger, uh, announcements in terms of music, uh, new music, new musical releases and i've heard rumors of them doing um oh relationship of command via no um no the big festival why can't i think of oh uh uh coachella yeah doing coachella again um i'm going with records and you're going to festivals i'm all screwing this all well you know i I skip to the big stuff records you know whatever yeah that that would make sense to see them at coachella um you know it, it it definitely sort of fits in with what's been happening there over the last right. few years. So. And maybe they'll blow that uh, Guns N' Roses band off the stage. That, it's possible. Uh, other bands reuniting to do some dates. Uh, Shiner, which is a, a local band to us uh, from Kansas City from the 90s. They're actually doing a couple dates. Uh, one of them is actually going to be here, Champaign, Illinois, and then Grand Rapids. Uh, the bass player for Shiner was playing in Every Time I Die for a while. Yeah. Now he is actually a production assistant on SNL. So I'm not sure what's uh, spawned this uh, reunion, but hey, more power to him. Yeah, maybe we should ask Jonah Bear from uh, Going Off Track if he knows that guy and maybe get a good interview with him. I think that would be fun. I know he's done interviews with uh, some of the guys from Reggie and The Full Effect and some stuff like that. So it would be interesting to uh, you know hear that. Um, Shiner's a damn good band. So if you get a chance to, uh, browse the internets, go check those guys out. Cause, uh, you know, it, uh, shamely underrated and, you know, not just cause they're local to us in the Kansas city area, you know, three hours from here, but just a good band. Yeah. They're actually, uh, what's interesting is the St. Louis show. They're, they're bringing ring cicada out of, uh, out of hibernation as well. Which wow. I, I haven't it, heard that name in probably 10 or 15 years. What's, what's next? The original lineup for coalesce and, uh, casket lock lottery or someone like that that could be i don't know that'd be awesome though <laughs> um buffalo new york's favorite son Snapcase, uh will be playing their 25th anniversary show which means kyle and i are very old it's going to be taking place february 26th at the town ballroom in buffalo and they've got uh grade and endpoint on there as main support kyle and i are huge endpoint fans we did some shows with grade back in the day um it's gonna be awesome i'm not going because i'm a dad and i'm old and lame and it's in buffalo yeah i i'm toying with the idea if i can uh secure tickets but uh i don't know we'll see it would definitely be cool uh other 90s nudes this whole thing is almost 90s uh thrice actually uh 
for the first time in, I think, uh, I don't know, eight or nine years or something is going to tour the U S through the month of June, which, um, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things. It's kind of, it's just, I, is it to the point where I'm old enough for all the bands that I liked in the nineties are just going to get back together and do tours? You know, I think so. I think a lot of those guys, you know, once they, uh, kind of either moved on or did something else or coming back to, um, trying to capture that feeling it was when they were in their, you know, primary bands or whatnot. Um, either they settled down and realized, you know, that they missed going out and doing shows or the, the, Money is just being tossed around as ridiculous, and I think it's a little of both. Yeah, I mean, but, I, I can't, uh, I can't, uh, I, I guess I can't say a bad word if somebody was going to offer me a bunch of money to go do what I wanted to do. No doubt, you know. But it kind of goes along with you know some of the older uh, rockers that have been passing away. You know, we're just getting old. You yeah, know, so true. so guys like Lemmy and the dude from the Eagles or whatever, when they're dying, everybody's so shocked. Or David Bowie, and I'm like, well, dude, 68, 69, 70 years old. I mean, right. people die. Yeah, just, I mean, I'm sad that they're gone, but you know, it's not a surprise. Well, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, it's it is it's uh, you know the time does not stop for anybody. So it is. I'm, it it is weird though. I mean, I know you know most of the people that probably listen to this aren't you know haven't been surrounded by music for over half their lives and and spent you know hours and hours and hours in clubs over the years. But it it is sort of strange because it's like I never stopped going. Like obviously, I slowed down going as I got older just because I'm not as interested in seeing everything that comes to town. But it's it's interesting when I talk to friends that I haven't seen in a while, and it's like, oh, I haven't been to a show in 15 years, and it's like. Oh, okay. For me, the one that hit hard was when uh, uh, Adam Yauch died from Beastie Boys because, you know, that was kind of a tragedy and it was, you know, cancer. And it was just like, oh, man, you know, made me feel, you know, kind of kind of old. Yeah. Now I feel older. <laughs> me too. Um, as, far, as far as feeling older, uh, the uh, this will be the final edition of uh, Rainfest up in Seattle. Uh, I believe this is number nine or 10. I can't remember. Um, but it's, there's always a solid lineup. This year is no exception. Uh, it'll actually run through May 27th through May 29th. Um, uh, some of the heavy hitters are 108, Burn, Blacklisted, Terror, and, uh, Steve Caballero's other band other than Faction, Odd Man Out, which I don't know that I've seen Odd Man Out's name on anything since about 1987. Yeah, me either. You know, and that was my, what, Thrasher, you know, comp tape. You know, exactly. Skate rock. So, you know, um, they really wanted to make a good Seattle lineup. They would have had Undertow and, you know, Kiss It Goodbye and, you know, some of those guys, but, and Botch and, and whatnot. But we'll take what we can get. And then one of our, Kyle and I's, uh, very favorite bands, Cult Leader, newer band. We've seen them live. We've talked about them a bunch on earlier podcasts. They're doing a, a support tour or a tour with full support to uh, drag uh, in the sunlight and primitive man on this uh, current run beginning J- June 29th and ending on July 24th. Um, Dragged into the sunlight kind of makes cult leader sound chip, chipper and happy. <laughs> and Primitive Man is uh, as aggressive a band as I've ever heard. They also uh, feature a couple of guys who own and run St. Vitus Bar in uh, New York. Oh, that's cool. I didn't I didn't realize that. Yeah, I uh, I knew the only stuff I really knew about Primitive Man was they had done a split with Fister, which is a local kind of doom 
if I can use the air quotes for doom, <laughs> kind of doom core, doom metal band, which uh, Fister is actually a, a super really good band. And, Indeed. And uh, pretty impressive live, I must say. So uh, to uh, cross-promote going off track again, um, there's a couple of really good podcasts with the guys from Primitive Man and St. Vitus Bar. The most recent one with the uh, bartender and singer for Primitive Man talks about the secret Nirvana show that they had played at their place with uh, – you know, the two guys from Dave Grohl, Chris Novoselic or Christoph or Christus or whatever he's decided his name is now. And, you know, like the who's who of everybody else, you know, they had Paul McCartney in his club. So pretty good stuff. Yeah. And it's a, it's a pretty small little, little spot. I think it's 225 max capacity. Yeah, definitely, definitely cool stuff there. So that, that kind of concludes the news, unless you got any other No, things. I mean, that's pretty much, you know, I've been kind of on a blackout on news. Uh, work has been oppressive and uh, in more ways than one. So yeah, I, I feel you on that one. So this is just kind of the, this sort of the the uh, hot topics that looked kind of interesting to me. So sorry if we missed, uh, you know, talking about your favorite band, doing a tour or, or recording, but maybe we'll maybe we'll hit that next go round. Or turn us on to something. Yeah, you know? for sure. Send us some info on a band or send us some news or something you want to promote. Maybe you're putting on some shows or a small festival somewhere. We'll be glad to promote it for you. You know, um, I don't know how many people we reach, but we reach them and it's a few more than what you probably had on your own. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's. Uh, what are we going to do now? Talk about some racing. We'll talk about some racing. So uh, racing on 2015 was uh, an interesting thing, you know, trying to fit that in with uh, family responsibilities, family vacations, uh, working full time, all those kind of things. One of the races that we uh, wound up doing was supposed to be in um, supposed to be in June, in June, and I think uh, it was a rain out. Yeah, most most of our races last year were either rained out, rescheduled, rained out again. (laughs) Yeah, you know. It was the wettest year and the hottest year um, on record in the St. Louis area. And or three out of the first four races in our local series were rained out. And uh, the one that did that wasn't rained out was uh, pretty muddy and we chose not to, to go. Um, you know, I also had a number of surgeries last year that kept me from racing in the early season. And so the remake or the rescheduled date for uh, the uh, Indian Camp Creek 369 race was on labor day yeah which, which worked out well for both of us cause right i uh i couldn't do it in june i just had switched uh not positions but switched uh time slots and and at the place that i work so i wasn't able to get off for that one originally so was able to able to pick it up in on labor day which the week before was looking great it was like right. 72 degrees 70 degrees you know partly cloudy and then you know come race day and it was i think what was it? 89 degrees at nine o'clock start time. And, and then, it climbed into the no. upper nineties throughout yeah. the race. <laughs> yes. uh, for me, this season or last season, I guess it is now. Um, I was working with a coach, uh, Cameron Chambers, um, doing a lot of, you know, interval training, trying to uh, maximize my time on the bike in the week and then, you know, getting the longer rides on the weekend. And, uh, 
felt really good coming into the race. And then a week before or the Thursday, the week before uh, that race, I took a spill and put 12 stitches into my uh, left knee and uh, a lot of swelling. Wasn't sure I was going to be able to race. Um, so I went into this one, not in, you know, ideal condition. Um, the, the start was kind of frantic. It was, you know, I think 300 or so, uh, starters, you know, starts on a fire or on an actual paved road up a fire road through the start finish area and then dumps you into the single track, uh, got off the start pretty well, maybe overexerted myself, wasn't sure how I would, uh, react um, got through the first couple of single track sections in, in good spot and then hit the wide open section and really, uh, you know, took some, uh, stock in where I was and it was really starting to hurt to ride, <laughs> you know, and, uh, I started to see a number of folks, uh, passing me, uh, you know, the other thing is with all the swelling, it was the, the stitches were just slightly below my knee. And so all of the swelling was going into my calf and my ankle and, my calf was swollen so bad that it was actually rubbing on the, the rear chainstay of my uh, Giant Anthem 29er. So I finished my first lap and um, actually dumped my camel back and went out for a second lap and actually was feeling better the second lap. But uh, after I finished that lap, I came in to our uh, pit at the start finish and actually had to uh, take about 10 minutes off the bike and raise my leg above my head so that the swelling would go down long enough because it was starting to rub my uh, calf raw. <laughs> and you know temperatures are rising settle into a pretty good groove but i had to stop about every lap you know was able to get six did i get six or uh, seven yeah, six six I don't, I don't remember, five or actually. six laps i don't even remember now you know it was an eight mile course fairly non-technical not a ton of sustained climbing but a lot of ups and downs um pulled out six laps or five laps or whatever the case was and uh you know, I did well. I didn't, obviously I didn't place anywhere. I was stopping every, you know, for 10 minutes, every lap, which actually was a good thing. Cause it was so damn hot. Yeah. Considering you know? like, you know, it was, it was oppressively warm. I mean, this is, you know, if you're from the Midwest or even, you know, or the South for that matter, like humidity is, is ridiculous, especially in St. Louis in the, in August. Yeah. You know, we're talking upper nineties with 85% humidity with the heat in the sea of, you know, what, probably 105. Yeah. yeah so it was triple digits. I know for yeah. sure. So yeah, towards the end of the race, like I, I think on, on my second to last lap, I think I pulled over at, at the, at our pit and sat down for about 15 minutes just cause I was getting overheated. Yeah. I know I went through, Oh, I don't know, maybe 75 ounces off my camelback, um, 10 bottles of water and five, um, quart size Gatorade bottles <laughs> plus, you know, a handful of, uh, uh, um, Endurolite tabs and, you know, I don't know, 10 goo packets and, more ice cubes than I know what to do with. And, you know, um, it was really just a battle of how you, you know, of attrition and how you handled the heat. And, you know, you know, for me, I just didn't come into the race. I, I, my training was great. I had some amazing numbers for me, you know, doing a couple of 20 minute tests. I was really pushing some good numbers. That was the week before I got hurt. And, you know, just wasn't what I was hoping for. Kyle did pretty well. He was, uh, strong yeah i did uh i did better than than i was expecting just because i 
like most of last year was just kind of recovering from my, my knee surgery that was a lot more involved than I had originally thought it was going to be. We sound old and broken. Yeah. Well, you know. I, oh, wait. We are old I'm and like, broken. I have had three knee surgeries in the last five years, six uh, years. I think in the last eight years. And I've been told that by in the next, you know, five to 10 years, if I'm lucky, 10 pushing it, then I'm going to have to have a full knee replacement. So that would put me. Getting a full knee replacement before fifty, yeah, <laughs> so, and that'll cost more than a titanium bike. So, uh, so yeah, so you know, last most of most of the spring was kind of just a lot of, just a lot of trying to get back in the swing of things. Like my surgery was in December. I don't think I got back on the bike until February. I think is when they released me to start doing some riding. And so you know, with the with the wet spring, it just seemed like it took a long time to sort of start coming around. But, um. You know, I played it kind of conservative uh, on the racing last year, A, because I had switched jobs and didn't have as much flexibility to get off on Saturdays as I as I had in the past. And then, you know, plus just trying to get back in, a, in the swing of things with the knee and whatever. But, um, you know, I was really excited to get to do this race because it's one that seems like every year I want to do and something comes up. Like, I think one year we saw Black Flag the night before. We did. And then I think I might have went to Chicago one year the night before. (laughs) So something always comes up and I don't usually get to do it. So when I couldn't do it in in June and I know it was going to get rescheduled, I was pretty, pretty happy that I would be able to do it. So, you um, know, and the team that puts on this race that promotes it, they do an amazing job. I mean, it's on par with some of the more regional size races. Uh, if they did it correctly and if things continue to progress the way they are, it would be as, uh, big as the old Tour de Wolf uh, race in Memphis. I'm sure some of the guys from JRA remember that race. So, uh, maybe not. They might be too young. They might be too young. <laughs> Matt's, Ken, probably, Matt's probably, uh, you know, was, wasn't born when they were doing Tour de Wolf. <laughs> no, I don't. That, no, he was alive. I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> Kenny probably remembers that race. But, uh, you know, it's just such a well-run, well-done event that, you, you know, I, I'm definitely going to do it again next year. It's one of my target races. It's going to be in June. I've already cleared it with my uh, my wife, so we're good. Yeah, uh, same for, same for me as well. It's it's definitely um, one of the races I want to do again, and I don't, um, you know, it's like now that I kind of have a better handle on on how my knee's going, and and I've been doing. Um, I, 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 it's hard to believe, but I actually have a gym membership, which I never holy shit, and I never thought in in my wildest dreams that I would do that because. My anxiety is so bad that it just isn't in my wheelhouse. But um, I right before uh, this race, I ended up back in physical therapy because I was dealing with uh, some some muscle imbalance on on my right side versus my left, which is why I got a gym membership. So it's like I've been doing a quite a bit of some strength related stuff and a, and a lot of trying to sort of fix this imbalance. So hopefully, uh, you know, things will be a little bit better for me this year. And and you know. In the long run, hopefully it'll give me a few more years on my knee uh, before I got to get it cut open again. But uh, but we'll see. I mean, all in all, I think it was a successful deal for us. Like, you know, we both, I think, took it kind of conservative considering, you know, either, you know, physical and, and, and everything else that was going on. But, you know, we both ended up doing pretty well and, and I think maybe surprised ourselves a little bit that day. <laughs> I won't lie. I was a little disappointed. Um, going into the race before I got hurt, I kind of had some probably delusions of grandeur, you know, not that I was going to win the thing or place top five or anything like that, but I had a lap count in my mind that I wanted to do and I didn't make it. And I was, uh, 
a little bummed out about that, but you know, considering I had 12 stitches in my knee still at that time, I guess I did all right. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you did all right, but much like you, I I I left more on the table than I would have liked, but you know, it's one of those things I didn't I didn't want to blow myself up, but then like when it came down to it, I could have done more laps. Yeah, I could have at least done one more, but uh at the time I was glad to stop. So the second race we did, and we both did this one together as well, was uh, uh, up as Kyle answers the phone. Nope, he does not going to answer the phone. Um, the uh, BT Epic in, uh, uh, at Bass River in what, Bourbon? In uh, it's actually in uh, Steelville. It's in Steelville, but it's outside, outside of Bourbon. It's basically part of the uh, OT Trail, the, the uh, Berryman Trail, and some fire roads and whatever. And it was on October 24th of this year. Um, once again, going into the race, I didn't have the greatest lead up. Um, my wife was selected for a cultural exchange with a uh, with some schools in Israel. And so she was gone for the 11 days uh, basically prior to the race. So I was, you know, single dad with a you know, kid in eighth grade and a kid in uh, fifth grade and, you know, shuffle you know shuttling them back and forth from taekwondo practice and you know chess tournaments and all sorts of stuff so my riding leading up to it was not what i was hoping for uh again i was feeling really well um really good going into the 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 weeks the prep for that but it just didn't land where i wanted why don't you take it from here what did you think going into this race uh i've had the i had the advantage of this is this was my third year in a row doing it which um every year when i finish it i say i'm not going to do it again not that i hate the race but because i think oh i will do something else next year but uh i already have the money allocated to do to do it again yeah and i had to be honest i had uh some um unfinished business with this race uh you know, the the first time I attempted it, uh, I pulled out early, um, way too early. Um, but, uh, you know, so my goal going into this, well, really was to smash the race. I had a, a number in mind that I wanted to do based on some, some people that I've either raced against or whatever and really thought that I was going to, you know, with the work I had been putting in, was going to come in and, and do really well. But I just had an off morning. I think part of the, the trouble is, you know, it's about an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah, with, it's, uh, it's not quite two hours from our, from our, you know, homes to the race venue. But, you know, so that if we want to get there in time to sign in, et cetera, we're leaving the house at, you know, 4.30 in the morning. In the morning. You know, and I had to work the night. Was it a Saturday race? Yeah, it's a Saturday. Yeah, it was it's a, Saturday a Saturday race. race so, yeah, so yeah. I had to work the night before Kyle as well, and uh, it was just my stomach never felt good, and I just felt tired and lethargic, making excuses. I sucked that day. Yeah, it's it's. I've done it both ways. Like I've stayed, uh, you know, just like not on the race venue itself, but uh, in the in the neighboring town over. I've stayed there twice, and then this year I drove from from home. Um, it's just, it's kind of a toss up. It's one of the things it's, um, you know, it's like, uh, it's close enough where it's like, I almost wanted to stay at my own bed and, and have everything here and just leave in the morning. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it's, I, you know, it's like, I'm getting up that early for work every day, but it doesn't mean I still want to do it on race day. Right. You know, and it's a toss up also cause it's the difference between a hundred dollar race or a $200 race with a room. Right. Exactly. You know, I'm, you know, being a dad, I mean, I keep saying that, but, uh, that's expensive. 
right for sure but uh you know jury's jury's out on what i'll do this year but um you know i i don't know i i mean this was not the fastest i've ever done it um but i think it as far as my finish as far as how i felt and how i felt during the race it was probably the strongest i felt during the whole thing um and it's it's only the second time we've raced the same i've raced the same course right so um start is at a uh resort and it starts on gravel um rolls pretty easy for the first uh three quarters of a mile and then you start climbing and you pretty much climb for the next what three and a quarter miles it's almost four miles to the first single track yeah you make a left into the first single track and uh it's pretty much you know the uh the uh the conga line of you know dealing with people and you're why the f- heck are they breaking in that spot or yeah. you know <laughs> uh yeah i could pull a mat rant right about now but yeah. you know and so you're dealing with a lot of start and stop and people who might be able to climb but don't know how to handle their bike yeah or, which yeah, i think it's it's typical yeah this, same everywhere stuff, but but i i agree it's like i tend to on these starts like I probably start way further back than I should. You do. But at the same time, it's like I'd, I'd almost like I don't know why in my head it seems like this is the way I should do it. But it's like I'd almost rather start off a little easier and just pick them off once we get to single track. But I think next year I'm going to start a little bit further ahead. Yeah, and I've got some ideas um, for some local courses where we can replicate kind of that first section and then some of the end sections we'll get to that so the first you know single track there's not a whole lot of climbing it's uh you've pretty much done all of your climbing and you're you're in the long term kind of descending to the first aid station right you know and it's a pretty nice set of single track there's a a couple of spots where it really uh binds up you know where people you know again they don't know how to descend uh, you know some steeper stuff or you know or it descends and then it you know kicks up to you know a 20 percent yeah kind of hike a bike yeah part of the problem is some of the ozark trail is is still fairly fall line trail stuff so some of the stuff we're using um on this race course is not necessarily the the the, the uh best design for for an event but it's only small section, so it works out. But yeah, you end up in some stuff that just, you kind of go straight down and straight back up on the on, yeah. on the beginning there that usually causes causes some havoc. Yeah, and you know, and it's that getting started again kind of thing. I know that uh, in one of the uh, hike a bike sections is where Kyle caught and passed me. Um, you know, and I just was having a very difficult time catching my flow and and getting into the swing of things. You know, dumped uh, dumped into the first uh, aid station. You know, which is about what eight miles in? Yeah, twelve miles. No, I think it's twelve miles in for that one. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember, but yeah. it's what is it? Seven or eight miles uphill from there, basically. Yeah, this is where I fell apart. Uh, you know, it's just this is pretty technical, Rudy. You know, cl- climbing. I mean, it's you know, you get to a point on this section from Brazil Creek to uh, the Berryman campground where you don't want to go downhill anymore because you know it's going to be followed with another, you know, 15% kind of uphill climbing switchback kind of uh, section of, of single track, you know, and it's in many places it's rutted out with horse damage and, you know, you're lifting your bike over roots and, you know, my I went into a dark place. My head was <laughs> just bad. You know, I'm pushing my bike, and I'm yeah. You know, I can't wait to get to the second aid station. You know, it's the bag, uh, your uh, drop, drop bag, bag location, yeah. and I was ready to 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 you know toss in the towel and 
find a ride back to the car. Yeah, well, typically, I don't, I don't think this is your favorite part of the of the Berryman Trail to begin with. Is no, that? it's not. But you know, when we we did a pre ride out there, we both smoked this section. Yeah, you know, so it's it's one of those things where they have done a lot of work in the last couple of years and improved it, but it's still just it is what it is. It's uphill, and I don't know how many switchbacks that you go up and down. And for me, it's like if I can get in kind of a consistent rhythm and not overcook it, um, you know, it's, it's, is it fun? Not so much, but it's just, you know, you just kind of just churn the butter, so to speak. Yeah. So, I mean, I was hoofing it more than I should have. Um, I was getting passed by people that had no business passing me. Um, you know, and it was, it was pretty demoralizing. I was, I was pretty bummed out and I can, I mean, I'll be the first one to admit that my brain, my mental, uh, game is not my strong point at all. It's my uh, Achilles heel, if you want to say. And uh, I was in a dark place. I was in a real dark place. Not only, I mean, I was. My bikes were sold. My wife's bikes were sold. You know, <laughs> my kid's bike was sold. I mean, everybody didn't. We we were now going to be, you know, riding, you know, segways or something. I don't know. You know, I was I was done. Yeah, that that's that's part of the advantage of, of being able to have done the same course multiple times. Like every time I've done it, this section has been in it. And, and obviously you and I have ridden this section multiple times yeah. over the years. So, um, you know, it's like have, having knowledge of, of the rest of the course and what I was, what I was coming into sort of kind of helped me on that, on that section. I think where, you know, it's, if you're having a bad day already and, and getting kind of behind the eight ball, it's like, you know, I can see where it goes bad quick. Yeah, but your your mental game is better than mine anyway. So, I mean, you've always had a stronger mental game. You know, I, I'm good as long as things are flowing well or it's just a couple of things, a clipped pedal here or there. But if it's, you know, if I'm not feeling it or my legs are not good or whatever, it's, you know, it's tough for me to, to bounce back from that. I, I, I wish that I could be that person. I think I'm... You think you're what? Oh, I thought I was not talking but i or you couldn't hear me but. no no I, I we can hear you uh never mind <laughs> so yeah it was it was pretty bad so i made it to the uh to the first uh, to the packet or the drop bag pickup and took stock of my race and there was actually some people there was actually someone that i knew and he's like man i'll give you a ride back to the car if you want and i was i just sat there i was like what do i do what do i do what do i do meanwhile people are going and going and going and i finally talked myself into at least riding the next section yeah well um you know the next section is is uh one of the most sec- for most one of the most fun sections on the course typically it's one of the most fun sections in the state of missouri you know, it's just, it's been redone. So a lot of the um, fall line trail has been eliminated and it's been, you know, built to hand-built IMBA standards, not, you know, flow trail standards, which I'm not a fan of, but hand-built, just awesome, flowy single track. Yeah, it's, I mean, we've been... We've been riding there, I guess, since what, like 2001, maybe, or 2000? Yeah, it's a 2000, 2001. And it, I mean, we've seen it just, it's remarkably changed. I mean, there's, you know, it, it's almost like some parts of it are almost re- unrecognizable in a sense of, you know, it's just leaps and bounds better than it ever was. Yeah. And I actually found my uh, rhythm and my uh, fitness actually kicked in on this section. And I think I passed maybe 80. 85 people on on the next uh 10 miles of single track um which is saying a lot because there weren't very many people behind me anymore 
you know, so I, I you know, I, I was feeling pretty good on this section. Yeah. So, so was I, but I, uh, I knew what you didn't know, which, yeah. which is the next section after this is, is the mother of all, of all sections on the race. So, yeah, so I was, I was trying to keep it, keep it, uh, keep it together, even though it's kind of hard to hold back. Well, I was, you know, maintaining my wattage, you know, and keeping it in the levels that I was supposed to. And my heart rate never, well, there was a, there's a few climbs that are, um, you know, that, that are going to jack your heart rate a little bit, but, uh, uh, I, I felt really good on this section and I was, uh, just happy to have, be having fun at this race. Um, you get to a section where you dive into a fire road climb. That's, you know, not very long, maybe three quarters of a mile, but there are sections that are again, you know, 10, 15%. It's definitely, you know, your 30 or 32, 40 kind of a climb where you're just spinning. And then it's, you know, another two or three miles of, uh, uh, gravel um fire road and then you dive into a really awesome you know three miles of descending what i didn't know is that the three widows were uh following the section so it was three miles of descending followed by what about four or five miles of just uh stupid fall line poorly designed shit trail yeah like the the first the first parts of the climber all right but when you get towards the end of those it really is uh it's not uh the best designed but yeah that section was new last year and like w- when you dump into it it's awesome because you're, yeah. you're you know it's like for for missouri it's a pretty it's a pretty extended descent and i remember last year or the previous year when we were doing it the guy behind me is like dude this is awesome i can't believe you know <laughs> like this is great and then once we started going up it was like oh this is not so great <laughs> right right you definitely pay for your 15 minutes of fun or whatever with about an hour of just absolute stupidity you know the top of those climbs you know where it's you know a 20 percent you know climbing switchback to lift over a three-foot rock just to climb you know just to get over to the next part of the switchback or whatever it was you know, yeah, that's uh, it's it uh, it's one of those things too where it comes in late enough in the day where you're already kind of tired and fatigued. So the last thing you want to do is have to do these these switchback climbs that are you know cause or that are calling for you to like you know unweight the front end and then hop the back up. Right, right. So you're just like, oh man, screw it, I'm just gonna carry it. <laughs> Let's go. Right. So you're just looking at the guy who's you know maybe. 200 yards or 300 yards ahead of you and you're like oh i can catch him no you can't because he's walking the same pace you are you know and you're like oh i'll get him up no you won't so um you work you work through that section you finally get to the top of the last of the three widows and you kind of descend into a uh what a like a uh, pasture yeah you know and then you go through a fence and you're on back onto the the resort's property and they pretty much roll you right by your car and you have another 10 miles or 12 miles of race left to go. And to get to the next sections of single track, you have to go up a paved 15% climb that goes for a mile. Yeah, probably. And then you make a right-hand turn onto some gravel. A and, lot of gravel. And it just keeps going. And there's more. And then it goes again. And then you think you made it, but you didn't. Right. And then And then you see some people crossing the road and you're like well that's weird yeah and then you keep going further and then you make a right hand turn and understand why they were crossing the road it's like no i gotta go back right so 
you know, um, when you're further ahead in the race, like Kyle, there's people that are crossing in front of you. When you're kind of towards the back of the race, there's no one left to cross in front of you. And so, you know, you actually make a left, I think, into the next section of single track, don't you? Oh, I can't. I can't remember. Yeah, but anyway, I think you're, I think you're right. But you I don't you descend back into a valley, and it's not so bad. But this is definitely less used single track, and so it's pretty off camber. And you know, it's it's October twenty fourth, so it's leaf covered, and you know, and you're tired, and you're pissed, and your hands hurt, and your triceps hurt, and your back hurts, and you know, I'm describing what every endurance racer goes through, and you know. You uh, you realize that all this going down means you have to come back up, and you know there's a bunch of sections where it's just like I'm I'm hiking my bike again, yay! <laughs> yeah, this is also another one that I had the luxury of of having a a, a year uh, a, a year prior to doing, which the year prior I thought from uh, the only the only bad thing I can ever say about the BT Epic is. It's it's an awesome race. It is an awesome and race, it's, and it's organized very well. It's marshaled. on race day, but the the inf- the information about the course sometimes is a little sporadic. Yeah, you start here and you end here. That's pretty much what you get. So the previous year, they said, okay, you know, the course has changed. Like you're coming back into the resort and you're going up the hill and you make your right and you come back down. So I'm thinking, okay, cool. Uh, so I decided to skip the last aid station aid station on the year prior and hammer up the road climb, thinking, okay, I'm going to make it right. It's all downhill. Well, yeah, it wasn't. So Yeah, he pretty much discovered that it's another 12 miles. I had no idea what was going on. I just knew that it wasn't up the hill and down. But I thought, of you know, you go up the hill, you ride some gravel, and then you're basically going to make a right turn and go back into the, the resort. Well, you made a loop, and then you came back, and there's this guy sitting by his truck, and you ask him, hey, man, how much is left? This is the last section. He goes, it's only a mile all downhill, dude. No. It's it's three quarters of a mile downhill and like another quarter of a mile up. uphill. Yeah. <laughs> so I rolled in. Um, I think I was a little bit over seven hours, which was not at all what I was hoping to do. That was two hours off of my uh, my time. But, you know, I had probably 20 minutes in the first uh, not at the first aid station, but at the the drop bag uh, aid station and probably another 20 minutes at the last aid station. So there were 40 minutes and a number of sit downs and a number of, uh, you know, come to Jesus conversations and, you know, and, and whatnot. So there's there's plenty of room for me to cut off some time. Yeah, but that's kind of what this that's kind of what this kind of racing is, though, I think is it's a lot of it's a lot of inner struggles and sort of you know, however you can motivate yourself to keep going. I mean, there's, there's obviously people that, that, you know, are super strong and, and, you know, it doesn't get to that point, but for the rest of us, there's quite a bit of of mental gymnastics going on along with the riding. So, yeah, but my brain says one thing and my body says something else. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's part of the, I think that's part of it. And for, and for me, like doing these things, um, these more endurance oriented things now are, are, it's more of like, of just seeing how far, like I can push myself. Like, um, you know, it's like, we've always done endurance racing from, from the beginning, but we used to do, you know, four or five person team, 12 hours right, and right, 24s. Right. And, and, you know, I, I tried doing a, a solo six or 12 years ago and kind of failed miserably because I, I was trying to pace myself with one of the fastest guys in town at the time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Dave Breslin. I remember that, but uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's the kind of racing I've, I've often thought I could be, you know, like not good in the sense of like, Oh yeah, I'll be winning, but good in the sense of like, I think it sort of suits 
kind of what I like to do, but, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it's a learning process. I mean, it's, you know, you never know what's going to happen while you're out there and it's all, you know, it's, it's all, I'd say a lot of it's mental as, as much as it's, as it's physical. Yeah. Mental's not my, uh, strong suit. That's for sure. Uh, well, that pretty much wraps up a very long description of the two races we, uh, did towards the end of the season. Uh, I have, uh, sort of plotted out my 2016. There's going to be more local racing for me, more of the three hour. Um, that's kind of the marathon distance and time here locally, um, on a variety of courses. Uh, and then, um, you know, some longer rides targeting some of the, uh, challenges, uh, the, the technical challenges that you see at the BT Epic. Um, I've got some stuff in mind that I'll tell Kyle about. Um, and secret stuff. No, I mean, we've talked about it. Well, it's, no, I know, but we don't want to let these, people Oh, we know. don't, yeah, we don't want to tip our hat to everybody else, you that's know, right. cause you know, this is top secret kind of stuff. Cause that's, that's right. if you want to suck as bad as I do, then you can do what I do. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to doing another season. Um, it's been pretty lousy weather wise. I mean, uh, the news you saw that you know St. Louis area pretty much got flooded away at the end of the year, and that took a pretty big toll on a lot of our local trails. And then it got cold. Yep, exactly. And uh, you know, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm going to do uh, hopefully more racing this year than I have in the last couple because um, I think um, finally my body is ready to do it. Um, you know, he and I both looked into doing some, some six or 12 hours out of state or other places, but it just comes down to like, it's, you know, trying to get the time off work and then come up with, you know, all the money. It just starts to be like, well, uh, we, we got a lot of nice, you know, events in our, in our home state. Like I, right. I still would like, there's obviously stuff on my, on my bucket, bucket list, list. Mm-hmm. but you know, it's just a matter of. Uh, you know, and and like a lot of people, you know, in our age category or our, you know, financial, uh, means, you know, a race is, and duly so is, you know, an endurance race is anywhere from a hundred to 150, $250. And then you add hotel gas, you know, you know, is, do I have the means to do, you know, to pay $750 for a weekend of racing, you know, when I can it's just, you know, the cost benefit, you know, let's figure out racing first and then see what goes from there. Yeah. And, and you and I both have, I mean, your situation is different than mine, but we we both have like a lot of people, the, the component of, well, if I go away for three days to do this race is, you know, my wife going to come with me, you know, are the kids coming? Like, how are we going to deal with all this? Which, you know, anybody in our age group, this is obviously we're preaching to the choir. Right, right. right. So, you know, it, it becomes, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, if you don't have, if you go solo, who's going to support you on one of these big races, you know, and those <laughs> kind of things. So, yeah. So it's, it's the, uh, you know, like, uh, as the, who would say it's the young man blues, but it's, yep. it's the old man blues, I guess. So support your local bike shops, support your local race promoters, have fun. Don't do what I do. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's get back to some of the music talk. You guys are probably bored about this, yeah. this bike talk. Who cares about these guys and their old fat guy racing? <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. We're gonna <clears throat> eventually. Originally, we were gonna do a whole episode kind of like this, but with uh, the delays and everything, we're just gonna probably hit 
one or two of these maybe through the next couple episodes. Yeah, I think that's a good way to, you know, just have some fun with some different kind of content and turning people onto some music that they may not have heard of or talk about favorite records, maybe stir some controversy or have some, you know, discussion or some back and forth with us and, and fans. So listen to what we've got to say. We've got some top five lists coming up and, uh, you know, write your own top five, li- five lists. Tell us that we're stupid. Tell us that they're awesome or, or whatever, but we would love to hear some feedback. Rob, it's your turn. Okay. I'm feeling kind of basic today. Top five side ones, track ones. Janie Jones, Clash, from The Clash. Hey. Let's get it on, Marvin Gaye from Let's Get It On. Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit off of Nevermind. Oh, no, Rob, that's not obvious enough. Not at all. How about uh, Point of No Return on Point of No Return? Lewis, so you can uh, get up a- Shut up, shut up. <laughs> white Light, White Heat, Velvet Underground. Okay, that would be almost. All right, we're going to do uh, a, a series of top five lists over the next couple episodes, kind of an ode to High Fidelity which is a, a, a fairly uh, popular music nerd movie by the two of us. Yes, uh, hard to watch at times, but uh, I, I do like it. Yes, agreed. Um, so what kind of what, what, what kind of top five you got over there? So um, my top five are kind of the bands that more people should have heard of or know about. Um, some were fairly popular, but should have been even bigger than that. Um, on the list is Achilles, um, Architect, Suicide Note, shift and burst um all bands that uh have top-notch musicianship they're uh song oriented um you know but each come at it from a a, a different approach um and i think we'll uh take some time go through them i know that some of these kyle may not be as familiar with as i am um though i have tried to turn him on to a number of these and i know he likes them um but i'll start with achilles they're uh kind of a uh, band they were a band out of the uh, upstate new york area and they kind of brought together sort of um the best of botch uh modern life is war breather resist with a little bit of maybe snapcase and and quicksand any band out of upstate new york can't help but be sort of influenced by uh snapcase uh snapcase being kind of the uh grandfathers of the uh uh, upstate new york scene though they would probably be really pissed that i call them grandfathers well, but uh but I mean, you know, the shoe fits. Yeah, definitely. So um, what makes these guys so good is their songwriting ability. I mean, they all have an amazing, um, you know, musical ability, but they just write amazing songs. You know, it's it's uh, heavy, but with some implied melody, great riffs that have that kind of precise and tight, um, you know, ability to it. Uh you know, but still there's a good, um, atmospheric kind of flow to it as well. Um, you know, they had two records, uh, full lengths and a split with a band called engineer. Um, just, it was just good stuff. I mean, uh, I don't know how to, you know, um, the singer from that band is also in a band called polar bear club, which is kind of popular, on more of an indie emo kind of uh, yeah, thing. That I, that I did not know. Yeah. So, um, and the, the vocals are really strong. There is some, uh, screaming and, and what, which I tend to like, but there's also kind of a singing quality to it that that's really good. Um, you know, there's, uh, some of the better songs off of those two records are, uh, curtains or dear old tiger to the teeth. 
Um, I'm not a big lyrics guy, but uh, the lyrics on these are really strong. So that tells you something if I pay attention to it. That it does. Um, so um, the next band is also from the upstate New York area. It was Architect. Um, they have more of a, well, they're actually very heavy. Um, they had a couple records. Ghost of the Saltwater Machine um, was my particular favorite. Um, very political in nature, kind of has a premonition of war, premonitions of war or guys, a cult leader burnt by the sun converge thing going, very maybe, cool. maybe not as, um, dirty as converge can get. The sound is a little more precise. So I, I tend to lean more towards the burnt by the sun. Um, but whereas burnt by the sun, their technicality kind of grates on me a little bit. The songwriting and architect is just short, precise and to the point, um, they were on Black Market Activities, which is kind of a Metal Blade subsidiary label. Um, Guy Kozlowicz, uh from the Red Chord did their production. Awesome. Um, yeah, he's he's the man um, when it comes to that particular sound. You know, just tight, precise. Um, their second record, I Am Become Death, was uh, really good as well. I might have totally blew that title. I'm not sure if that was the title of the song. I can always get that mixed up. But just a strong, strong band. Um, the next one uh, from Ferret Records is Suicide Note. And this is kind of a left field kind of uh, uh, band. Um, like I said, they were on Ferret Records. For me, it's kind of like if you took Black Flag dc hardcore and swerve driver and mix them all together <laughs> now now we're getting somewhere <laughs> that's you know so if you took like um or or if you took drowning man converge rites of spring and um gosh i don't know my bloody valentine and threw it in a blender <laughs> and that's kind of for me that's kind of where they fall um uh, their first ferret record, um, with, uh, Jackie O on the cover. What's the, what's the name of that record? Oh um, shoot. I know the record too. And yeah, I can't think of it. You you would think I would have written it down. Like I wrote every other thing down. Yeah, that, that's but, all right. Yeah. I sure didn't. So go figure it out. That record's amazing. Yeah. Um, it was produced by Kurt Ballou at God city, who we've talked about on previous podcasts. So therefore, you know, it's gotta be good. Right. You know, <laughs> It's got that kind of distorted feedback, um, washed out wave of sound, kind of like, uh, oh, who's the wall of sound dude? Phil Spector <laughs> meets, uh, I don't know, Greg Ginn kind of a thing. Um, very driven with a sense of swing, though. And I think it's that sense of swing and that kind of um, that vibe that really lends to uh, to the songs. Great riffs, good stuff. Um, they're from Indiana. Yeah, they're, they're from Bloomington. I actually, you got to see them, didn't you? Yeah, shoot, it was probably 15 years ago. Uh, my buddy Ben was going to uh, yeah, University of Indiana at the time. Uh, this is before I was dating his sister, which will that's that's a whole another story. Yes, but, um, you know the sad thing is, Kyle, that the uh, the ferret record that I can't think of um, was released in 2003, mm -hmm. which was 13 years ago. So yeah, that says a whole bunch. So. Um, the the band that I think that should have been much bigger than it was, and they had some pretty good push, was Shift. Um, they were a band out of the New York City area. Um, they featured uh, Joshua Lauk, Brandon Simpson, and Santa Maloney on drums. Um, if you think you may have heard of the Sam Samantha Maloney name, she went on to play drums in Hole. 
Um, she did a stint on tour with Motley Crue. She played in Eagles of Death Metal. Um, so she's she's uh, an amazing drummer, amazing talent. I think uh, I think she currently plays in a band called Chelsea Girl. I think uh, and Peaches is another band that she's playing with. I, I did yeah. a, I did the old uh, Wikipedia look up on her. Um, they had two records out on um, Equal Vision. Equal Vision that was Pathos and Spacesuit. Um, they kind of fell under that uh, Quicksand, Orange Nine Millimeter, uh, maybe even Texas the Reason. Texas is the Reason. Far kind of vibe. Um, you know, um, guitar driven, but a sense of pop and melody, um, which you wouldn't expect from one of the guitar players from Undertow. Well, he didn't come into the band and later that was Mark Holcomb. Right. Yeah. But he came in for, uh, basically after they recorded get in. Oh, I, th- I thought he would help her write that, but well, maybe he did. I, I, I was reading, you know, if you go to a, the, the double cross, uh, blog, they have a five piece or six piece interview with him. Another uh, cool plug for one of the places that we go to a lot. Hey, if I can't plug my friends, who can I plug? That's right. Um, my wife probably, but anyway. Whoa, whoa! That was a that was a, a um, Andrea joke. If there ever was one, I'm not sure I can do this podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, um, got to see those guys a couple times. Once with uh, Orange Nine Millimeter during the sp- on the spacesuit tour. Um, amazing. They blew Orange Nine Millimeter off the stage, and then we saw him on the Get In tour, um, which was re- that Get In record was released on Columbia Records, and was one of those bands we talked about who kind of, you know, um, made the cross into a larger audience. I know they had a record on the Basketball soundtrack, um, or a song on the Basketball <laughs> that, soundtrack. That I, I would have never guessed, but I guess um, it makes sense. It was the uh, I Want to Get Rich um, uh, that you. was on there. Uh, Actually, during one of the basketball scenes, but uh, yes, I watched it because Shift was on that record. Um, and then, as we were saying, Mark Holcrum um, from Undertow came joined the band to kind of fill out their sound. So they all, they were always a three piece up until this point, um, with uh, Joshua being the singer songwriter, guitar player, and on record they had a more expansive sound that never quite. Uh, was fulfilled with the on on stage and live and so uh mark you know made the trek all the way from seattle to new york to join this band and then i know he did a a substantial run of u.s touring um which was one of the times we saw him or saw them and then uh, europe australia you know a few other places like that uh mark also has probably one of the coolest tiki bar tattoos you'll ever see yeah, that then that was uh that was way before that was a thing. I think. Uh, yeah. And then my last band, do you have anything to share on Shift there, Kyle? Uh, you know, that's it's one of those bands that um you know, I was like a, a fan from Equal Vision Records from the start, obviously with the Ray Capo Shelter tie-in. Right, right. Um when the when the first record came out, um when Pathos first came out, I remember getting it. Um and you know, it was I can't remember if it was Postmortem Quicksand or not when it came out, but it was it was a record that I kind of latched onto early on, but I know a lot of people, uh, you know, of 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 my group of friends weren't so into it. But like, I I don't know. It's like for me, I was able to make the jump to a lot of these records that some people didn't at the time, right? But um, it, it's a it's a band that I I liked from the beginning. Like I traveled one one year to Kansas City to see him. Uh, which they ended up not making it, but, um, <laughs> we've done that a few times. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, 
I was really excited with the way that the band grew and, and how they sort of expanded their sound and, and, you know, liked all this, all the output and get in, but it, it was just kind of unfortunate that there were so many of those bands at that time period in the nineties that got picked up by majors right? would do like the one record and then sort of get released or whatever. And then it was the post Nirvana. We're going to sign anything that's alternative or, or edgy and see what sticks. So, right. you know, I mean, it was when helmet was getting a million dollars for, you know, signing to, uh, you know, the, signing their record deal or, you know, bands like the Poster Children out of uh, Urban- Champagne Urbana, Illinois, were on a major label, or you know, or Far, or you know, it, it was well. If it worked for Nirvana, if it worked for the Pixies, it's got to work for these guys. Yeah, un- unfortunately, like bands like Shift and and some of the other ones, like you know, it, it they almost they probably would have had. Uh, Maybe not a better career, but a longer career, perhaps, if they would have went to the sort of the intermediate route. Yeah. Um, or even stayed on Equal Vision because, you know, Equal Vision kind of ended up turning into a label that they probably could have survived on. At least they didn't go to victory. Well, you know, but in the 90s, that was kind of the thing to do. That was the thing to do. And then my last band is uh, Burst, and these guys are from Sweden. And, you know, they actually started their uh, their career out as kind of a grindcore band. But uh, over the years, they kind of um, incorporated some more of uh, a metal influence. And um, by the time that I was turned on to them, they had signed to uh, Relapse Records. And, you know, there is more of a um, kind of a Mastodon, I would say kind of like a, uh, a European take on what Mastodon is, but maybe without all of the, the BS, you know, <laughs> and... Um, and a better singer. <laughs> wow. Well, because they really don't have a singer on Mastodon. Yeah. They they kicked out the original singer, and then they just all kind of took over the vocals, and you know, they all admit that it's just kind of half-assed, but they don't want to deal with anybody else. Or as if they would truly admit, nobody else wants to deal with them. Wow. So, yeah, I'm just calling it like it is. Some, you know? Somebody's got an opinion on uh, Mastodon. Hey, somebody's seen there. Mastodon five or six times and likes them, but, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm just calling it like I see it. You know, um, they they had three full lengths out on uh, Relapse Records, um, Prey of Life, Orgo, and Lazarus Bird. And basically, they just, I mean, improved and matured on each record. Um, I love the musicianship. The song structures are a little more linear than some of the other bands we had mentioned. You know, it's not your typical verse, chorus, verse, chorus kind of, you know, bridge, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, you know, repeat. Um, you know, it's just... Uh, <laughs> really good as we're trying to take a selfie and not knock the mic over. Well, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to prove that, you know, that, that we do this thing. Yeah. yeah. But my arms aren't long. Enough, yeah. So. Was, this a selfie stick. I'd have to beat you with it. <laughs> um, uh, my take on this band is it's kind of the direction that Snapcase would have probably been going in, you know, um, that they showed on uh, designs for automation and uh, the other record. Um, uh, uh, um, uh, bright flashes. No, that was the that colors was the, record. Yeah, that was the um, the in transmission. It, yeah, in transmission. Um, as Daryl would say, um, he got tired of screaming, so uh, he's just kind of so. Anyway, uh, that was all complete tangent. Um, again, they're kind of aggressive and tuneful. You know, high quality playing with great songs. The writing was awesome. Their sense of dynamics is just amazing. Um, and I just thought their rhythm section was 
one of the best out there. Never got to see them live. They only toured the States a couple of times and they broke up in 2009. They've done a couple of reunion shows here or there, but, uh, you know, uh, they're a constant on my iPod. They're a constant on my shuffle. I, when I'm on the trainer, I listen to them, you know, all sorts of stuff. I, I really dig them. That's cool. It's, it's a band I'll have to go back and, and revisit because I have, I have the first two records. Like I, I bought, I know I bought Burst, if not the second one as well, on my own. But it's just like it's one of them that gets lost in the shuffle. On on well, yeah, and that's just it. I mean, you know, for me, I, I tend to be a music hoarder. That's why my iTunes right now has like I don't know two hundred eighty thousand songs in it. You know, almost three terabytes worth of music, which is ridiculous. And so it's tough sometimes for me to listen to everything and why do I have it all? And shouldn't I just get rid of stuff that I don't listen to, et cetera. It's, but you know, I'm, I'm a hoarder. What, what can I say? You'll see me on one of those shows when I die or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's not a bad thing. I mean, uh, I, I think there's something to be said for being able to have a, have a song for just about anything you want to post on the internet. Definitely. But uh, speaking of that, uh, hopefully uh, I'm going to try and revive the blog this year. Um, we have a blog. Yeah. I, I think I posted to it a handful of times last year. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we're, I'm going to try and get back to doing that. Uh, there'll be, you know, hopefully a little bit more, uh, content about stuff we discuss on here and then a little bit, right. probably more, there'll be more probably about what we're doing on bike on there. But, Definitely. It'd also be a good place to, as well as the, um, you know, mountain bike radio website. It's a good place to get in touch with us, ask questions. Um, I mean, I'm glad to talk and babble I'm and ramble. I'm, I'm really good at it, but if you want some direction or some, you know, some talking points that you're interested in, let us know what those are. Yeah. Or, uh, or if you're like, man, I think all the music you like is stupid. You should listen to this. Let us know that too. Um, yeah. And then you can listen to a different podcast. Well, or you can, you know, it'll be like, we can just go to the JRA route. Well, like we can tell you how dumb we think it is. Like, right. You know, like, you, why would you buy that bike? That's dumb. Right, right, right. Why do you <laughs> listen to that, man? That's, that, that's, that's stupid. No, but that's, that's the beautiful thing about the music thing. I mean, granted, I have my proclivities to heavy and, and hard music, but at the same time, like I've said on this podcast before, if you went through my iPod America collection, you'd kind of laugh at some stuff. Well, definitely. I mean, they call them guilty pleasures, but they're really not guilty because it's, you know, it's all music and it's all good. You know, it's kind of like a bike, you know, I, I might be a bike snob. I'm definitely a music snob, but you know, if you're on two wheels and you're having fun, you know, it doesn't matter if you're overweight or, you know, riding platform pedals and sweatpants, you know, you're out there riding and that's all I care about. Exactly. The only uh, other news I can think of that's fit to print. Um, my band is actually uh, kind of on an upswing again, which is odd. I guess no one's having babies this year. No babies. So, um, you know, we're doing we're doing some writing and supposedly recording this year. But I think we've been saying that for like the last three yeah, but you have the spinal tap of bass players, you know, so. Yeah, but we have, like, you have to be, like, six feet plus, kind of. Well, wasn't Joe on bass, though? He's, like, five foot three. Yeah, and, and Al was our first bass player. He he didn't make it either, but ever since then, we've had, like, oh, okay. a, like a six-foot barrier. Yeah, there you go. But, uh, you know, I guess at some point, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the stuff that John and I have done and, and some of the band stuff, but if it actually comes to fruition that we're going to do some recording and, and playing out of town, I'll... Uh, I'll uh, be sure to mention it on here if anyone's actually interested. But uh, 
that's all I know. Uh, it's back to the gym, I guess, for me for a few more weeks or months until the weather breaks. And Yeah, back to the trainer. Uh, intervals suck, but I do them anyway. So, um, yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, people are, are, are stoked that we're back. Um, we're going to try and be a little more regular this, this go around, but it all really, unfortunately, is, is kind of not up to me right now. It's up to uh, the powers that be if we, right. if we get uh, enough staff hired on and trained up where I can actually get some days off. So good luck with that. I tell you what, I'm stoked to be back. It's, it's, it's awesome that Ben allows us the platform and the opportunity to do this, support your other uh, podcasts, be it uh, JRA or uh, being dad or, you know, uh, what is it? The funky livers. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, bad, uh, uh, bad livers. Um, <laughs> no, I can't remember it. And they're going to kill us. They're from Springfield. <laughs> Sorry guys. I was just uh, making a joke there. Um, <laughs> oh shoot. Why can't I think of what they are? But, Oh, well, we're, we're bad hosts. We're bad, bad hosts, bad, bad hosts. All right, well, thanks again for listening, and good night.